greatest people loved by God, and welcome to worship on this sixth Sunday after Pentecost. For our friends worshiping online or on the radio, are reminded to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org. You will find the bulletin for this service under re the resources tab and options for giving your offering to God under the give tab. Today, we continue our summer sermon series called God's Living Water. We witness the power of the Holy Spirit as we hear again the story of Pentecost and how on hearing the word of God and through the Spirit's power, thousands believe in Jesus as their Savior. I have a couple of announcements to share with you before we begin worship. You are invited by the children who attended Vacation Bible School to match their offering for their mission project. For their mission project, the children brought in an offerings to help purchase water, fil water filters for families in Malawi, Africa. For each water, for each water filter is $10. It provides clean water for a family of 10 to 12 for up to 10 years. The children donated around $150 for the water filters. If you can participate in adding to that amount, you can put your offering and an envelope in from the pews and mark it in the offering and put it place it in the offering basket. Please write VBS Mission Project on the envelope. We will be collecting these offerings for the mission project through the end of this month. Thank you. Our elder of the week this weekend is David Stallhut. David will be greeting you at the door as you leave worship. Get to know him as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessing to you as we worship together. We stand and share the peace of the Lord with one another, after which we will sing our entrance hymn. God's peace.
and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Son of Righteousness shall rise with shining beams of healing. Let us gather under the wings of God's mercy. Gracious God, we acknowledge that we are sinners and we confess our sins, those known to us that burden our hearts and those unknown to us but seen by you. We know that before you nothing remains hidden and in your everything is revealed. Free us from slavery of sin. Liberate us from the bondage of guilt. Work in us that which is pleasing in your sight. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. From the house of David, God raised up a mighty Savior. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who comes to set us free. Remembering the covenant, God delivered us from our enemies. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who comes to set us free. Before God, we are holy and righteous, free to worship without fear. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who comes to set us free. With a heart full of mercy and compassion, God saves us and forgives us all our sins. Christ, the dawn from on high, shines upon us and by the light of the Holy Spirit guides our feet into the way of peace. Amen. Holy Spirit, God and Lord, 
Come to us this day with your bountiful gifts. Rekindle in our hearts the holy fire of love, that in true and living faith we may tell broad the glory of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Father, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading is from the ninth chapter of Zechariah. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. This is the word of the Lord. My God the King, I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will command your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might.
so that all men may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all of his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who, have, who are bowed down. The second reading is from the second chapter of Acts. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is the word of the Lord. Love unveiling. 
and mercy show. Bright seraphim in ceaseless flight around your glorious throne. They raise their voices day and night in praise to you alone. Hallelujah! Glory be to our great God. Hallelujah! Please stand as you are able for the reading of the Holy Gospel. 
The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, this was for your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. Please be seated as we sing the hymn of the word.
Father, who gives us living water. Amen. Last week, we read how Jesus knelt down at his disciples' feet, how he took water and he washed them, showing what true servanthood is. We then followed his journey to the cross, where he carried that heavy yoke that we deserve to carry, he carried willingly on that cross, where he died for your sins and for my sins. He was then placed into a tomb for three days. For three days he was dead. And then that third day he arose victoriously. He conquered sin, he conquered death, and he conquered the power of the devil. For the next 40 days, Jesus would make appearances with his disciples teaching them and spending maybe some time with them. You can't help but imagine the conversations that were had during that time. I want you to take a minute and I want you to put yourselves in the shoes and in the emotions of the disciples. Because 40-some days ago, they had lost Jesus. They had to see him suffer their beloved Jesus, who they loved so much. And they had to see him on the cross. And they had to go through the grieving process. But then Jesus takes them up on high on that mountain, where in all of his glory and splendor ascends into heaven, leaving his disciples. Imagine maybe the confusion and sadness of the disciples because they just got their Jesus back. Everything was back to normal. And now he's physically not here no more. What do we do? Maybe Peter, being Peter, spoke out loud, was thinking out loud, and, and, and Emma said, you know, what happens if the Pharisees come to us with these questions and accusations? How do we respond to them? Because Jesus always took care of them. He always had the right answers, but he's no longer here. What do we do? What is our earthly ministry from this point on? It didn't take long for, for God to give them an answer, did it? In fact, 10 days later at the harvestal feast called Pentecost, when all the, the Jews from all over the Roman Empire came to that holy city of Jerusalem to worship. And the Roman Empire was vast, so there was different languages, different cultures, different ethnicities. And the natives would only have known Greek and Aramaic. But there was such a blend of cultures that day, and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon these apostles, answering their question of what do we do? And they, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they stood up and they began to preach in all the different languages. And what confusion that must have been for the people. Because they know these men. They know they don't know these languages. This past summer I was able to spend some time with my brother in Washington, D.C. with his family. 
Some of you may have, have remember him. He actually came here and visited Chapel of the Cross. And his wife, Yulia, is a German diplomat. And she has a gift for languages. And when I was living with them, she would Zoom call sometimes her mother. And her mother only knows Polish and German. And so they would be having their conversation, and Yulia would say something in German, and then her mother would respond back in like a mixture of German slash Polish. And then my brother would come into the room, and he would ask Yulia, my sister-in-law, something in English, and then she would have to translate into German, and there was just this conglomerate of languages going on. And to my untrained ear, I, I didn't get it. It sounded like babble. It was confusing, especially when they talked really fast. I couldn't, keep, I couldn't keep up. And then I was thinking, how strange would it have been if I would have went into the kitchen for a minute and came back out and in perfect German had a conversation with them. As if I had grown up in Berlin, Germany myself. Well, they would probably have some questions for me because they know me. They know I don't know the language. They let alone, they know that I've never been to Germany. And so these questions arose, and this is exactly what happened in the text. These apostles who were filled with the Holy Spirit were accused of being drunk because of the babble. Yet Peter stands up and he says, no, 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 no. He goes, we're not drunk. It's too early in the day. Rather, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Because amidst the babble, the message that was being proclaimed was coming from the Old Testament that we read just moments ago. Of how there would be these signs how the sun would turn to darkness, how there would be earthquakes, how there would be fire and blood. All of these signs, and let alone the Holy Spirit would be poured out. All of these signs were pointing, were pointing to something. And they learned that it was pointing to Jesus and what he did. Because God knew that the people in this crowd could have been a part of the crowd that crucified our Lord. Who, who mocked him. Who spit on him. Who struck him. Who yelled, crucify him. Release Barabbas, but kill this innocent man. They were a part of that crowd. And in verse 37, it says that they were cut to the heart. They knew what they did was wrong. They began to feel that sense of guilt when you do something wrong. And then their minds maybe began to play back to all of the stories they heard when they were growing up. Of the Old Testament God, their God, and how he was an angry God. And that when you disobeyed God... What happened? You were sent into exile. He sent famines. And what happened when nations disobeyed God? They were destroyed. They were flattened out. But that was disobedience. What we did, what we were a part of, was so much larger. We killed his only beloved son. We sent him to the cross. We mocked him. 
What is God going to do to us for that? I can only imagine. And I imagine God standing there looking at the crowd of people, the thousands of them, and he sees the fear in their heart. And he's angry. He's an angry God for what they did, for their sin. But in the back and in the front, there's Jesus holding out his hands, the wounds on his hands, the wounds on his side, the wounds on his feet. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and I paid the price. I, I took your wrath. They deserved it, but I took it. I took it willingly for them, because I love them. And so God, rather than sending down an, an, a legion of angels to wipe out this crowd or fire from heaven, he opens his arms and he, he tells the crowd, repent, be baptized, and you will be saved. You will be saved. This gift of baptism, it washes us, washes us clean of our sins. We become adopted into the family of Christ, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We can come, we can enter into the kingdom of heaven because of what baptism is and what it does. My time here at Chapel of the Cross, I've been able to see a number of baptisms. And what a special day that is. I love baptism day. There's something special in the air. We get to sing special hymns. We get to bring out a banner. Friends and family and sponsors get to gather around the baptismal font where something special takes place, doesn't it? Where God's word and water is combined into giving us baptism, this life-giving, this living water, which is our theme, this living water is poured into us so that we can enter into the kingdom of heaven and come before our heavenly Father with all boldness and with all confidence, knowing that our debt has been paid, our sins have been paid for in full, But yet, how do we live our baptism out on a day-to-day -day basis? In Arizona and California, there are these deserts. And when I think of a desert, I think of dry, barren wasteland. Why is it dry and barren? Because it doesn't have any water. Without water, there is no life. Yet, in these deserts, underneath that dust and underneath that dirt there are these seeds and these seeds have been laying there dormant for years and years and years crying out for water and I read that this happens every decade or so give or take where these deserts flood overnight all the water that they usually take over a year comes at once and this is called a super bloom. 
And it is not a small thing, this super bloom. Overnight, these seeds that have been dormant for years bloom into these flowers. And it draws people in from all over the nation, the world, to see them. You can even see it from space, from our satellite images. A once, the satellite image, which was once barren and, and just gray, is now filled with color, is now completely red or purple or whatever the color of that flower is, it is filled. What an amazing event. And in some ways, this is the life of a Christian, isn't it? As we leave this morning and get into our cars and, and exit the parking lot, there's this sign. I'm sure you all have seen it. I love this sign. It says, you are now entering into the mission field. And in some ways, the mission field is this dry and barren wasteland where people, just like those seeds, are crying out for living water. Waiting for water, because where there is water, there is life. And it is through our daily relationships with our coworkers, with our friends, with our families, who may not be Christians, that we are able to share the power of this living water. I was working in Tennessee one summer and at a FedEx, at a big warehouse, and the first day I met my manager, and he asked me, he said, Jacob, what are you going to school for? So I told him. I said, I'm, going to, I'm majoring in theology with pre-sem and philosophy. He said, hmm, okay. Didn't say much that day. But over the summer, day in, day out, we got really close. We became really close friends. And it seemed like every day, he would ask me a question pertaining to religion. He would ask me a question about God. Why does God do this? Why does God do that? What does this mean? Jacob, why, why, why don't you go out and do this on the weekends or do that like other guys your age? You're different. Why are you different? And I tried, and I answered it to the best of my abilities. And it was my last day at that FedEx, and I was headed back to college, and he came to me, and he said, Jacob, he said, I grew up in the Catholic Church. And when I left home, I left the church. He said, I became angry at God. In fact, I became an atheist. I didn't even know if God was real or not, but if he was, I was angry at him. I was angry at the people who believed in God. Anger ate up my heart. I became an alcoholic. I went into drugs. It was not good. It was not good. He goes, I wouldn't talk religion to anybody. Wouldn't do it. I didn't have a relationship with my parents no more. But then here comes this kid from Iowa who I feel drawn to because he's a little bit different. He doesn't do normal things, but I'm drawn to him. And before I know it, I find my Bible that I thought I threw away, and I began reading it. 
I began going to church again. I put myself into AA. I started talking with my parents again. We are given this living water, this baptism that allows us to enter into the kingdom of God, but it also allows us to create a super bloom among our relationships, a super bloom of faith. And this is not a light task to take because we are called, just as that is the mission field as you enter it, we are called to be missionaries. And that is not something we take lightly because this is living water. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can create a super bloom. I pray that you keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand as we confess our faith in the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only God, Son of God, God Let us pray for the whole people of God, in Christ Jesus, and for all people according to their needs. Holy Spirit, once you came upon the disciples of our Lord, shaping their speech and encouraging their witness, so also we implore your presence in our own midst. Open our ears that we might hear the word. Open our mouths that we might declare it boldly. Open our hands that we may be servants to all people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Spirit, in the midst of brokenness and fear, you give comfort and security. Come to those now discouraged and disheartened in life's sin and sadness. Come and recreate families torn by anger and where there is little love or care. Bring about your presence, your encouragement, and your blessing. Lord, in your mercy, 
hear our prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, upon a world enmeshed in sin and its consequences. Through the word and sacrament, lift up Jesus before us, revealing to us the glory of his consistent grace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Great physician of body and soul, bring your healing and wholeness to those who are sick, who are suffering from ongoing infirmities, or are, who are hospitalized. Today we pray for B.J. Raman as he recovers from injury. Lord, give us your love and your compassion to visit and stand with them in their time of trial. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Oh God, help us remember that all good things come to you, including the milestones we celebrate in our lives. We rejoice today with Ed and Carolyn Moss on their 10th wedding anniversary. Continue to bless their marriage as they, grow through, as they go through life together. And we also rejoice with those who celebrate the birthday of Wilma Miller, who celebrated her 97th birthday. Continue to pour out your grace, your love, and your blessing to Wilma and her family. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Continue to bless mightily the Christian church throughout the world. Bless the witness of your people. Use the church to bring others to faith in the saving gospel. Use our congregation, Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated as we gather our offerings to the Lord.
stand as you are able. with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you. Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, and most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death, and by his rising again, he has restored us to everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven. We laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us always to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it 
and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
please stand as you are able. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, we rejoice greatly that you have come to us as our King, in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, giving us the comfort and rest of the forgiveness of our sins by his very body and blood. With thankful hearts, we hold to the great hope of eternal joys in the day of the resurrection of all flesh and our eternal home. To you be all praise and glory with your Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn. Mm -hmm. 